0: episode of Talking With Experts podcast with your host Chris Cowden, the expert whisperer. This week, Shane monks O'Brien joins me to share the process of building a startup from his van, from raising 1 million plus from investors remotely and talking more about algorithm-based investing. This man is a wizard and a very hands-on CEO, so you're going to get some uh, mindset tips, but also a different perspective on what quantity quantitative investing and quantitative thinking is which has helped him build a really successful startup if you want to tell everybody where you're tuning in from that would be great <laughs>
1: yeah i was thinking we uh, we potentially missed it there yeah i'm in a hotel at the moment in northern norway we can get to why i'm up here in a second but all the meeting rooms were taken so right now i'm sitting in a rather small cubicle uh, on a toilet with a flusher behind me uh, right there <laughs> <laughs> it's the only room i could get but it's it's very cozy actually so it's gonna do just fine it's perfect it's perfect uh, i
0: did a little bit of uh, research on you and i'm so so stoked and so happy that i've got somebody who lives in a tiny house or uh, in a camper van oh you you've made my dreams come true except for I'm not living that life but oh
1: vicariously um, Chris you can get yes. vicariously for <laughs> now there, virtually and, and then we can uh you know I also teach people how to convert camper vans like I got a Udemy course up there too right so it's not too hard it's not very very difficult at all
0: yeah I'm I'm really excited I'll, I do want to talk to you about that first and then get into your your fintech startup because um you know, that you, you're living my dream sort of thing. So uh, how did, What? why did you choose to go into, you know, having a tiny house or living in a camping van and traveling around the world? What was the uh, motivation and inspiration there?
1: Yeah, so I left college having studied computer science and I went straight into working in a big tech firm, a very comfortable cushy life with lots of avocados, lots of xboxes and table tennis tables and it was a really wonderful existence, uh, truly it was um, and I did that for, for a couple of years but it kind of felt uh, a little bit easy in a way. I had lived in Canada for a while in Vancouver and I um, just upon coming back there I was massively into the mountaineering and doing a huge amount of outdoors and I had plenty of people this was back 2015 2016 kind of time frame that I knew who were living in campus as well and I came home and watched the movie Free Solo with Alex Honnold. Uh, so Alex very famously free soloed up El Capitan which is pretty much renowned as one of the world's hardest climbs. He did it completely without ropes. Um, in the film Alex had been traveling It his documentary had been traveling in his camper van and living in it full time uh, for the past nine years purely so he could travel to the world's most amazing place he's a professional climber of course um and he was just an incredibly humble person as well so I mean the guy you know he, like he ate out of a pot to save out of washing up and he's not you know he he has plenty of dosh he wasn't spaced in vibe um but the whole lifestyle really really appealed to me so you know i kind of i kind of knew i wanted to go down that direction i mean i'm a ski instructor trained to become a mountain guide massively into the outdoors and uh i'm pretty big into like kind of lifestyle design stuff too so i had this plan where i basically go in and work in in big tech make a little bit of money while i was doing it start to mm-hmm. build my camper van and sort of leave uh, the place after 18 months which is what i did and uh and move into the camper full time um so, I decided to, I suppose, while I was building the camper film the entire process, uh, built the whole thing mostly during Irish winter, which was seriously wet <laughs> and cold. Uh, and sometimes took a lot of uh, effort to get up and uh, and actually build it. But, yeah, after after about six months, the camper van was built, uh, left the the company and I moved into the camper van full time. It was like uh, two years ago now. Um, currently, I'm in the Arctic Circle literally as north as you can possibly get in norway um and just over the weekend i was in svalbard in fact which is uh, nearly the north pole uh so we were kind of a polar bear searching and uh and we went husky sledding and all sorts of stuff but it was cold it was like minus 15 degrees so
0: yeah I, I have a family that live in Oslo in Norway. so um we had visited once or twice maybe and yeah it was freezing like minus minus 10 minus 20 and six foot six foot snow it, it, but oh, oh, I'm so happy that you're living that 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 life. would you consider it a dream life?
1: Oh, I mean, I've very consciously constructed every single thing. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, you know, sort of tra- traveling around full time with my girlfriend. She works for a startup. I run a startup. Um, now, it's, it's a hectic life as well. I mean, certainly uh, with people on Instagram, they uh, evangelize it a little bit and, you know, have rose tinted goggles. I mean, <laughs> like, for example, just before traveling to Svalbard, we ran out of gas in our heater um the next time the place opens to fill up with gas is tomorrow so i've been sleeping in the van now completely with no heating whatsoever it's been minus five last night um so you know there's there's definitely ups and downs with it and i think especially when you're running a company on the road as well um and and trying to adventure you know there's a lot of moving parts so i think it's really really important to keep your head screwed on and you know keep doing your meditation and just try and like (laughs) take some moments to yourself because sometimes (laughs) as you can imagine it gets, it can get intense.
0: And how did, I know you studied computer science. Did you always know you wanted to start your own startup?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was always doing little side hustly things. I mean, uh, several years ago, I I sort of built a, a mobile application that did reasonably well. Um, Uh, on investing as well same area as my current startup Um, way back in the day used to like uh, make back when you could edit youtube backgrounds i used to make uh, in photoshop youtube backgrounds and like sell them to to youtubers Um, but always doing little things um Ultimately, did I always know I was going to, go to start a startup? Perhaps. I mean, when I left Workday and uh, moved into the camper van, I actually worked freelance for a couple other different startups just before starting my own baby. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get uh, my fingers dirty and like try it out um, and see what it was like, see, see how I enjoyed it. I worked as a project manager for one startup and as a, as a lead developer for another. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always definitely being that way inclined. And honestly, the more you do it, and you get completely immersed in the world, it's the most addicting thing you can possibly imagine. I mean, like, I mean, I'm doing such interesting work at the moment, but like every day I have three new ideas and I just pop them down into my second brain to file it away for some later date when I'm starting another, (laughs) you know, another (laughs) company or another idea down the road. Um, So it's certainly addictive. uh, But uh, again, just like living in the campervan, you do have to Uh, mind yourself and make sure you take care of yourself because of how busy it is your brain is so active all the time um and it's so exciting um so it's just it's always important to uh to keep yourself in check i think too
0: well and i guess from that side you're working where you're living as well so it's hard to find work-life balance except for you're a mountaineer so you'll be climbing all those mountains but um
1: yeah i mean it's kind of like the same dilemma as the working from home people have, right? It's like your, your work is always where you're living. And there's not this separation. And I mean, never is it more so than if you're living in a sardine can with wheels, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, and, and the other thing as well, if you have a, you know, a second person, like I, I, I'm living with my girlfriend in the van, you know, it's, it's a small space. So, you know, there's some tricks you can definitely do when you're on the road and you're trying to, you know, trying to, trying to work. And lots more people are, are doing this way of working, right? Uh, but it's only getting bigger and bigger. Um, but, you know, a great little hack is to make sure you always try and work from cafes during the day or just change up the scenery, get the heck out of the, the camper van. Um, you know, other things you can do as well. Like, cause there's, there's often a lot of things on your mind is just making sure that uh, you really like schedule your, your day so you know exactly hmm. what you're going to be working on. I personally find that like when I know I'm working on a single project and I'm really motivated for it, I'm really focused, I'm really happy. Uh, But like that, that kind of helps reduce the scatterbrain, you know, know exactly what you're working on each day. Um, And there's other little bits and bobs and like getting out there and meeting people is really important. I mean, I've been traveling through Norway, just going north for three months now straight. Um, Finally, at the north is most north. And, uh, you know, it's important to, to meet people along the way. And that can I be see. an effort sometimes. Um, but what I did to to break up my journey, which was really cool, which was um, uh, on my journey through Lofoten, which is one of the most beautiful archipelagos in, in the entire world. Uh, normally, we think of that word in terms of, the, you know, around the equator uh, and in the mm-hmm. tropical area. But these are a big mountainous um, uh array of, of islands and covered with snow and they're beautiful but I uh, stopped and worked for a week in the arctic co-working lodge which is the most northern northerly co-work in the world and got to meet a bunch of awesome people like-minded people many of wow. them living in their camper vans as well who are just plugged in t- for electricity and they meet cool people um, and so that was, that was a nice way to make some friends and mm. you know break break it up
0: and I, and I guess some of those would be business owners themselves and startups and just so much inspiration it, it, in the middle of nowhere
1: <laughs> truly the middle of nowhere this place i i mean there was one night we were having a pub quiz uh, i think it was like the second night i was there and all of a sudden like a bunch of 20 young people rocked up and uh i mean it must have been every single person within 150 kilometer radius just so happened to come to co-work <laughs> so it was it was just so great honestly really and i'm, I'm a very social person although i i really like my I, uh, my alone time too. Um, but like, uh, yeah, it was so well needed that week of just getting in and meeting people. And we went, you know, we went out surfing in the snow, uh, wearing like a 10 mil wetsuit. And then there was this uh, lovely Finnish girl there called Sana. Um, and the Finns, if you didn't know, they have a population of 5 million people and they have 2 million saunas in the country. Uh, <laughs> so nearly a sauna per person. So she had in her camper van, she was living in full time. Uh, she was just a surf bum. Uh, but she had a pop-up like a tent sauna so we whipped that out one of the nights and uh, lit the fire got the sauna up to like 90 degrees sweated, sweated 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 got really hot and then just jumped in the sea and then just kept doing that <sighs> like all night it was great
0: well that I, I, they do say that the the hot and the cold is really good for you so uh, what a great place to test it out
1: <laughs> I'm telling you I'm telling you the Finns are the happiest people in the world if you look up the world happiness index the Finns are at number one and honest to god it has to be to do with the saunas like you get high <laughs> when, when you do this ridiculously hot to ridiculously cold like you know 90 degrees to two or one degree you come out and you have this weird headspace. like it's like it's like you're high but in a very meditative way um and you just can't help but be ecstatic and so happy so well, it you, definitely plays into why they're such happy people
0: you definitely you definitely selling me selling it to me <laughs> um <laughs> where, when i was traveling in australia for a year i did like a work in Hyundai visa that's when i really had the bug for doing spontaneous things and just seeing where where it would take me and um there's a there's a lot of my friends that know i did nude modeling and i'm gonna put that out there that was the nice. best experience ever um but yeah i'm i'm so happy that i'm talking with you and you you've got the the camper van lifestyle it's definitely something that's going to happen in my life at some point Uh, so but i want to transition now because i know we do want to talk about aikido and um, why why you started a a fintech startup and some advice for other startup owners so tell me a little bit about Well, I don't know if you've even introduced yourself. What's your name and uh, what's the name of your startup?
1: (laughs) My goodness, we're over 12 minutes in and I still haven't said hello. Uh, Well, I'm Shane, uh, the CEO and founder of Aikido Finance, um, Irish-based fintech startup uh, with very much grand international and worldly visions. So um, our mission at Aikido is to democratize quantitative investing. Now, quantitative investing is a big mouthful to say. Uh, essentially, it's, it's algo trading. It's a rules-based approach to investing. It's using computers to make investment decisions. Um, but the big problem in this space is that traditionally it's being confined to financial institutions or those like with a lot of domain knowledge. Normally you require, you know, a lot of coding experience, a lot of financial knowledge, code, like uh, a lot of capital Uh, The software required is normally really pricey. So there's just a bunch of barriers there. So a guy who I used to work with, Connor, who's my co-founder now, we've both been investing since we were like 17 years old for years and years and years. And I've done just about every form of investing under the sun. And a few years ago, we came across a few very interesting books on quantitative investing. Before that, I was a fundamental investor. I'd spend a very long time going through financial statements, uh, hopping on analyst calls and, and earnings calls. And uh, it would take days and days to research companies. And it was ripe with all sorts of biases. So I thought there had to be a better way, right? And I had put together these checklists myself that I would look for in any company I was researching. So for example, must have a P.E. ratio of less than 15 or uh, must have a return on equity greater than 35%. These very Mm. quantitative metrics. But I stumbled across this book called What Works on Wall Street by James O'Shaughnessy. Um, It was a super famous book back in the 90s, but seems to have kind of died away a little bit. Um, What James talks about in the book is uh, he backtests very simple metrics to 1926, so 100 years ago and shows over the long term what has the best correlation with investment returns. Just like really simple Mm -hmm. uh, strategies. Um, And the results from these strategies are staggering, like 17, 18, 19, 20% return per year. Um, You know, really high, like people think of the S&P 500, you know, 8.8% average return over the past 100 years as, you know, the go-to and, you know, really can't be beaten. But there's very simple strategies that over the long term actually have far uh, outperformed it. But With that, I was very skeptical, right? Just like Mm -hmm. lots of people are are very skeptical, right? Especially when it's like simple and outperform it. It sounds so good. Give it to me. Take my money. But uh, so myself and Connor a few years ago, we were both coders and we started Building our own backtester to be able to test these strategies. So, we coded the whole thing, created it in Python, and within a couple of months we had it built. And we called the project Doubting Thomas, as in we didn't believe the results, so we were going to go test it ourselves, right? We were super doubtful. And what we saw was amazing because we actually managed to prove it out and we saw the backtester returns ourselves, those 17, 18, 19% returns. And then we only had a 20 year scope, so we didn't have quite the same uh, range of data. Now we have 40 years, which is awesome um but it was super to see it ourselves um and so we essentially started using this ourselves uh, in our personal investing and i just went straight down the wormhole of just learning everything i possibly could about investing with computers right and what i soon realized is there's this huge gap in the market i mean so many retail investors over the past three years have entered the space and it's like getting more and more investors entering all the time um and at the same time there's this huge growth in the quantitative side. So mm-hmm. six out of the 10 top performing hedge funds are quant firms. 90% of the trades made in any single given day on the stock market are made by computers. Uh, so they're all fully automated and just a bunch of stats like that. BlackRock estimate the space to grow to 3.4 trillion by in like space the next six months. Um, so there's like there's really growing space but no access to it. So mm. Me and Connor, we got together, we were bashing heads, um, went to a talk by Y Combinator a couple of years ago and basically came out of that talk super inspired. Um, Sat down in a diner across the road and just fleshed out the entire business plan for Aikido. And I suppose that was about two and a half years ago now. And uh, well, we are where we are. We've just closed our one mil fundraise there in in August. Uh, Teams growing super, user base growing super and the product is getting more and more awesome all the time.
0: And it, and it's live, so people can start using the platform. Yeah, today. yeah. I mean, when it's, it's, when it's can they start using it?
1: Completely free. Almost, almost all the platforms completely free. Uh, trying to keep it that way to like really democratize the space. Um, there are some things that's like nine ninety nine a month uh, for the for a premium membership, uh, which gets you access to a few extra pieces. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, predominantly it's it's all there and and ready to be used.
0: And that is controlled by you, or is it ran by a computer again?
1: So we have a bunch of strategies on the site, quantitative strategies. So how the flow would work is you plug your broker into Aikido, you pick a strategy, you build a portfolio and the trades are sent right back to your broker. Um, so we try and make that process as, as easy as possible. Um, the strategy is ultimately what chooses the stocks. Like we, we aren't stock pickers at, at all and nor do we give financial advice or anything like that. And the algorithm itself just chooses what, what companies fit at any given point in time. So for example, how that algorithm might look like is you start with 70,000 publicly traded companies in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first step is we want to choose our universe, right? So uh, maybe we want just companies in the USA that are micro cap companies, so between 50 and 300 million dollar market cap. and maybe they're in they're in all industries. So that brings our 70,000 then to say, you know like uh, 4 thousand, let's say. Companies. Mm-hmm. Then we want to apply a few filters on top of that. So some filters like I was talking about earlier, price to earnings or return on equity, just filter out some more companies per our requirements. This brings us down to maybe 300 companies. Then we wanna rank that list of 300 companies and by some other logical metric, maybe those companies that have had the highest one year price increase, let's say, they're gonna go on the top. And then we've got our ordered list of companies. We just choose the portfolio from the top. So we normally would build it with like 15 to 30 companies per portfolio and it's it's as simple as that obviously there's lots of other ins and outs that go on but generally that's what the algorithm looks like and most sophisticated quant firms would use algorithms uh, just like that um and there might be some intraday trading in some of the more sophisticated algorithms but uh, largely that's how they look <laughs> i'm kind of
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have the mindset of i don't know how old you are but you you you're you're very intelligent and i'm just taking it all in going how's he doing this and he's doing this all from that i should (laughs) probably
1: talk a little bit simpler chris so catch me if i'm ever going too far down (laughs) at all because (laughs) i'm I'm too close up to it
0: no that's fine uh how did you how did you get the investment i I know you just said one million dollar investment how did or is it one euro
1: Definitely but, not a one euro investment. No, one, not million. one, <laughs> one million from investors. Million, how how did you secure dollars. that? Yeah, so uh, we got backing from 14 angel investors uh, globally, uh, Ireland and the UK primarily. Uh, we also have backing from Enterprise Ireland, which are, believe it or not, uh, either the largest or the second largest VC firm in the world. Um, Ireland's a fantastic place to start a company. Uh, obviously, we have low corporation tax there and, uh, and just generally a lot of emphasis on startups and a lot of help um, for startups, which, you know, it's really, they've only been putting the emphasis on it in the past decade, but it's a long-term play with startups. And Ireland is, I'm so happy that we've done that and it's a long-term play that's hopefully will pay off big time and then finally we're backed by a US VC firm as well called uh, go ahead ventures um who are about uh, just under half of our ticket is is with go ahead so um a few different backers there and even within the angel space you know there was a few different uh, sort of a couple syndicates in there as well um who came in together but um yeah, fundraising is it's my goodness it's a whole other world and um it's difficult uh the you know, there's so many tips I'm sure that I have for, for any uh, entrepreneur out there seeking to fundraise. I suppose the single most important thing is like investors are investing in you and in the team and the product is uh, is nearly secondary. You need to have an awesome idea, obviously, but uh, your team's capabilities are paramount. Um, they, You know, it's, it's kind of like Jim Collins talks about uh, from good to great. Uh, you know, you've got to get the right people on the bus. Um, so, you know, with the right team, you can build pretty much anything, just make sure you have the, the right people on the bus. So, you know, having a lot of charisma as well as a, as a founder really, really helps the the fundraising process. So you got to sell yourself and you got to turn the dial up to 110%. Um, for that, you know, just that little 10, 15 minute pitch. There'd be days when I felt like a yo-yo some days. I mean, I'd have, you know, like four, four pitches maybe in a day and I'd be just turn the dial up. as like ultra Shane mode. And then I come off and I just like, oh. <laughs> and uh, and then I'd be back on again in an hour and I would have to turn it up. But um, yeah, and, you know, definitely looking for angels for seed funding is the best place. Honestly, getting a VC firm on in the seed round is unusual, uh, though there are uh, seed focused uh, VC groups. Um, but I would say angel is, is going to be most people's best play at the seed round.
0: And would you say then, because you you were a coder at the start, would you say play to your strengths and higher your weaknesses?
1: Mm, good question. I mean, I'm very... Um, um tech sided i mean the entire team the founding team i mean the two founders uh, myself and connor were both computer scientists and the two other guys who joined the team at the beginning are also like developers right also computer scientists so we're very much orientated in that way so what you have to realize is that you know i don't develop anymore actually that's my that's my background now it's just uh like marketing pr uh managing the team Um, managing hiring, these kind of things. So as the CEO, uh, you're gonna be doing everything else really. And you actually have to, Um, like you really don't have a choice. You have to be a jack of all trades as a CEO. And I mean, I believe in that concept so much that I have it tattooed on my leg, the jack of all trades um my friend did a beautiful illustration and I got it done there and that's obviously due with like all the other aspects of life yeah. of yeah. course you know the mountaineering the van the, the who knows what but certainly as a CEO you've, you've got to be able to do that and um and just learn as you go there is my goodness the difference in mindsets from our generation versus our parents generation or their parents generation is is so tremendous because I think back then it's very much you wait until you're fully educated and and learned as much as you can and then you can do the thing right and you know their mindset is just wait wait you know how do you you don't have the right skill set how are you on about whereas that's just completely incorrect especially today and more people realize that Uh, and you've just got to hop in and and learn as you go and be it it's not like i had any uh, upper hand in any of these things i didn't know anything about marketing really uh, or fundraising never done that before you know pr never done that before management okay fair enough i had done some of that but like you just learn as you go um and and use other people's knowledge through mm. books and through just chatting with people just learn learn learn
0: yeah that's that's what a lot of the experts say and they've even r- written some of their own books <laughs> and they're passing it on to uh, the listeners and everybody
1: else the book, um, the book these days is a little bit like your business card it's like you know, instead of handing out your business card, it's just like, "Hey, here's the here's the book I've written on whatever." Uh, it's becoming like a rite of passage for the upper. upper <laughs> it, it, of the distance, it's true. You know? It's true. It,
0: there's so much knowledge in there. Um, what when you said in your notes something about agile and lean, what, what what did you mean about that?
1: Do you mind if I ask what the context was? Because there yes. are many different uh, ways of approaching that.
0: Yeah. So um, it was more of an actionable step to help other people grow their business. Uh, you can never be too lean, go leaner. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, different versions.
1: Yeah. This is the most important concept for any startup to understand. And every startup will have heard, go lean, be lean. You know, you've read Eric Ries's book, you know, The Lean Startup, or you've watched Y Combinator videos about being lean. Or you've worked in big tech where they talk about agile and lean development and these this word is thrown about all the time and honestly until you realize how important it is you almost don't assimilate that not that the importance of it and what lean is is essentially um getting the smallest possible product out there that does the job right Mm -hmm. so that could be an mvp and then you add on to it um and when you think you have the smallest product, it's probably still not small enough. There's probably something even smaller than what you have in your head that you could ship. Like really, whenever you think you have the smallest, think again and think about how could I ship it even sooner? Um, you know, we would we, go in like a year and a half or just over now and, you know, really, we've done really well and we've been good. But if I could go back, I just tell myself, like ship faster, be leaner, think smaller. Um, we were a little bit too waterfall, building a huge big feature. the big scope creep. you'd add more and more in, and then you finally launch it. and mm. you know and and you're not getting the feedback along the way. You're not getting people excited about features. So what we're doing now and and have been doing for a while is just shipping much more regularly, thinking what's v one, v two, v three of features? and thinking, <laughs> okay, well, let's get a few different features out at v one level. So that we can gauge like pe- what how people think about it and if they enjoy it, and then we can move on to V two with a, you know a specific feature and build on that because people really seem to like that feature rather than just trying to guess and going straight to V three for one specific um, feature. So, you know where it comes from is agile methodology. So agile is really used in in big tech, um, and that's just a way of staying light on your feet, uh, listening to customers, user testing all the time um shipping early um and again it's a it's a word that's chucked around a lot and i think actually agile has lost some of its meaning but lean is the is a, is a really core takeaway mm.
0: well thank you for teaching me something i think it's like with the podcast i'm asking for feedback because i want to improve it and that and that's staying agile and constantly improving mm. um and also when i was talking to um vis which is um like a business design software, but they also have a child uh, brand called Respona, which helps with PR and link building and SEO and it's all really interesting. And what he mentioned is give people an incentive to use your platform. So um, give the early founders of your, or the early adopters of your product, some additional functionality and that's a way to keep them and to turn them into like brand ambassadors. So that's staying agile as well. And, you know, thank you for teaching me this because it's, you don't need an MBA. You just need to speak to people that are doing it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Um, and you know, it really is just talking with so many people and like learning the terminology, but I think actually for me more than talking with people has just been like reading books, um, on different topics. Um, And sometimes you have to go lateral with with the books that you're reading as well. I mean, you know, for example, when I would have first started trying to learn about everything to do with marketing, uh, you know, you start with a Google of what to do for marketing for a startup and you might get some HubSpot blog telling you to start a blog and improve your on-site SEO and all these things that are just so well-trodden and those paths, everybody's done them. If you don't do something different, you really won't stand out. And so... I read a phenomenally interesting book just recently um, that i just stumbled across it was like a free ebook downloaded to my kindle i couldn't be torn away from it for like an entire weekend i just read it cover to cover and it was the exact approach you need as a startup which is to do better than others you have to do something different if you're going to do the same well invest in the s&p 500 you're going to get the same results as the s&p 500 you know start a blog on your site whatever like that is just such a long game and you and do do that as well um but you have to be thinking using other techniques Mm -hmm. and you have to be really agile and lean with how you even go about marketing so for example you want to write a list down of all the different things you want to try um, for your marketing right um so for example okay i want to set up uh, automated linkedin messages or i want to uh, do a medium post every week for the next five weeks or i want to uh do x y and z like there's a million things there right And just be really analytical and quantitative with how you're tracking them. You want to track, go through that list and try individual things. Try them for a few weeks. Make sure you track them with like a link tracker, like Bitly or Google link shortener or something like that. So you can see which one's working and just work your way down through the list. Um, So you're being like agile and you're just going with the ones that actually work and you're trying lots of things. Jim Collins, again, talks about firing lots of bullets, trying millions of different things. And when something hits, you want to fire cannonballs at what? Uh, you know once you've hit it and you want to really start pumping effort into that
0: yeah that's that's another smart thing and there's there's so many different things to test and try but missing that crucial step of tracking what's not working and what's working and then what is working going after it that's also something that i have not even thought about i did uh, and i know Data marketing is just a completely new field, and I'm talking to a data scientist later on this evening, so he'll be able to uh, educate me more on that. <laughs> but uh, what is the key lesson you want people to take away from today, or whether it's to help them in becoming more financially independent or growing their fintech startup or even their startup? <laughs> that was a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a whole load in there, right? I mean, if I sum it up, just be a jack of all trades, like do everything read a book there recently called polymath he looks back on the Renaissance men. uh, The likes of uh, da Vinci and you know other under Renaissance men and they just were crazy because they were like scientists and entrepreneurs and painters and they just did everything. And what you kind of realize is that. We're taught in school that getting 95% and 100%, that's your A grade, that's what you wanna be reaching. But when you think about it, that's actually not true. What you wanna be reaching is you wanna get like 80%. That's really awesome. You can just get 80%, but not in one subject. Do it in like three or four different subjects. All of a sudden, like you can mix these subjects together into spaces that nobody else has ever thought of before. Um, and again, that can be in—you know just in interests for business. Uh, Or just in terms of enjoyment for life. I mean, it's just like, you know, the more of the, you mix these niche areas together and you just like this concoction of weirdness and it's just super fun. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of like a broad general overview.
0: No, that's great. Um, So not being a specialist uh, of sorts, but being more of a generalist and uh, testing. and 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 Especially
1: like in this day and age I feel like we're being funneled more and more into being specialists like if we go back to the renaissance that was like a top level of the funnel everybody had to do everything and and as we've the world's become more educated you you know you go into your maths degree and then you just specialize in this tiny part I was out on a whale watching safari yesterday right and the girl who was giving the talk uh she's wonderful uh, Italian woman and um like she specializes in the acoustics of <laughs> of orcas in the arctic i mean it doesn't get any more specialized than that and it's tremendously interesting right um but if the world does funnel us to becoming specialists and and we need people who are you know uh, specializing in acoustics in orcas in the arctic that's awesome but i suppose for a, uh, you know a, an entrepreneur's perspective if you can mix that really unique thing with something else and generally i would suggest just tech in any way because it opens so many doors Mm -hmm. you know you can just give the world something that's never ever been thought of before right take that love take that passion and just mix it with something else
0: yeah and you mentioned you, you you built your software with python
1: yeah i mean we have lots of different uh languages in there but when we would have started it was uh super ugly python code yeah
0: So for somebody who is or wants to start a tech startup, do you recommend that they at least learn the basic code? And what was the language that you would recommend that they would uh,
1: specialize in? (laughs) So I think that people are recommending other people to code too much. I think there are big business ideas and I think there are small business ideas. Right now, what I'm doing is a big business idea. In fact, it's an insanely huge business idea. That's a really big gamble and a big risk, uh, but with you know potential for huge payoff. Um, but then there's, and, and for that, I suppose you don't necessarily need to be code. You can bring other people in. But then there are the small businesses. These are like the lifestyle businesses. These are your indie hacker businesses. And you know, this is what most people in this day and age uh, who are, want to be entrepreneurs should probably look at. Like truly really think through whether you want to be huge or whether you want a lifestyle business where you can just work and it's going to support your lifestyle and you can do all the other wonderful things that there are in life because like running a startup and like a huge company is really glorified and it can take up a lot of your time if you don't manage it really well Um, but to start a a lifestyle business you don't need to code whatsoever you can if you want like code some plug-in maybe and like sell that but no code is so incredibly powerful And that's way more important is the likes of no code. So for example, right, there's an awesome, awesome website called nomadlist.com, which is essentially the place to go for digital nomads, uh, and also for data geeks. It's an amazing site, uh, because what they do is they rank every single place around the world by how good they are uh, for nomads to live in. And they rank how good the internet is, how friendly the people are, how good the food is, what the cost of living is. Uh, everything, what the weather's like. I mean, it's so analytical. All these places. How the guy started that startup um, was that he went onto Reddit, onto the travel Reddit. He started up a, a you know a Google sheet or something, which is just a list of all the places uh, ranked, and he gave a few scores. He posted up into this Reddit uh, travel subreddit and just said, "Hey, I'm compiling this list of places to live." And I'm trying to score them can you guys just put in your thoughts and maybe add some places that you've lived and score them a little bit really low um, barrier to entry for people mm-hmm. The post went completely viral he got a tremendous amount of data from that list and so what did he do well he's like okay well this is just a super handy list i'm going to create a website for it in a no code right so he creates no code just a list website um he's lying there he's doing the 12 and 12 challenge at the time which is 12 startups in 12 months i think this is startup number four and he wasn't ready to launch it just yet. And so, but then somebody gets wind of it and they post on product hunt before he even gets a chance to. So all of a sudden this website blows up on product hunt. I think it definitely gets to number one product hunt uh, like of the day. And I think in fact, it's still the most upvoted of all time, something like that. Uh, and so he's like, okay, I gotta act fast. And he starts like putting all his eggs into the, into, the, uh, into the list. But like, that's just one example of a business where there's zero code needed whatsoever. Just the use of, you know, no code website. And um, you know, like I, my, I have a catalog of business ideas that I have. You know, any idea that ever comes to my head, which there seems to be about two or three of them a day, um, (laughs) and I just put them there. And you know, I would say, I would say, like easily seventy percent of them, or seventy-five percent of them, don't require me to be able to code. Um, So no, not not a thing. What I would say is though, start storing away business ideas like all the time. Get yourself into a mode where you're constantly thinking that way. Once, once, you, once you start this train of thinking and, and seeing ideas and problems around the place, just make sure you, you file it away so you know how to act on it. And then just start a landing page. Like, the best thing that you can possibly do before hopping into a project is create a landing page for it and see if people are interested in it. Don't mm. build things guessing what people are going to be interested in. For example, 12 and 12 challenge. 12 starts in 12 months. A poor way to go about doing that challenge would be to have these 12 ideas that you think might be good building an entire product for one month and then launching it out into the world to crickets a much better idea would be month zero build 12 landing pages put them out there into the world market them a tiny bit see if anybody kind of wants to play around with them and then just work on the one of those 12 that are you know is actually Mm -hmm. a good idea and to build a landing page and a mailing list you know like that's half a day's work or even less and all of a sudden you're gonna have 12 different mailing lists in there and 12 different landing pages and you know you leave that even up there and you're you're exactly you're listening yeah you're listening listening, you're watching leave it there for a couple years you'll have a mailing list without even doing anything um like i have a a few of these type of sites around the place but there's one i was hoping to start in chamonix france which is where i'm going next as a mountaineer chamonix is the, the mecca of mountaineering right and so I wanted to start a co-living there. So basically, I wanted to work with other entrepreneurs and startup people and just interesting folk who are also interested in uh, climbing and, and backcountry skiing and stuff. So I started this thing, openliving.io, uh, this uh, this website, left it up there, hadn't even found an, like a place or a villa or anything like that. Um, and all of a sudden, we got like 250 people in the wait list to our interest and we're like ranked top of of google for like this weird specific co-living shamany thing i don't have it set up and and, and truth be told I, i'm still trying to work on it <laughs> <laughs> i don't want a second job but it just goes to show that the power of having a page there and just time so what kind of
0: environment do you need to be in to come up with these ideas with uh, you're an avid re- reader is that is that does that yeah. get you in the right frame of mind
1: Yeah, certainly reading is an amazing thing uh for for uh For making you sound like a scholar as well, because you can just, like, quote things randomly (laughs) (laughs) just because you're interested in it. Um, But honestly, it's more of a frame of mind than anything, uh, Chris. Like, even that story I told you there about how Nomad List was created, you just even think, okay, well, what other lists can I compile? How can I crowdsource list making using Reddit? What are the things I'm interested in? Okay, well so for me, for example, mm, camper vans, lists. So what about the best places to live in your campervan? Okay, I'm going to create a Google Doc or Google Doc for that. Put it up in Reddit, get people to do the work for me and I'll create a site for it. Um so it's just like going about life with that kind of hat on curiosity. Drinking. It's like what are the applications of of that? And That'd I'm very scary. interested in 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 software. I don't want to make any physical product that like the idea of that makes me sick. I don't want to have to sell like anything, <laughs> not, not virtual.
0: Yes. That's, that's interesting because a lot of uh, Brits don't like the, the concept of selling and you, you just said that you don't want to do that, but you've found a way to do it, uh, virtually or yeah. So that's really interesting. Uh, I, I know I'm, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time today. Uh, And it's been a blast. I've loved it. Um, So thank you, Shane, for joining me on Talking With Experts podcast. Uh, Is there anything you want people to leave with? I know we've kind of covered a a lesson, but is there anything that's on your mind that you want to share today?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, in keeping with the realm of, of Aikido, you know, I'm a big believer in leading a, a rules-based life and, and a quantitative life um, and being sort of very structured about how, how you, you you do most things. And it's a big movement at the moment with the quantified self movement. Uh, you know, people are tracking everything from their blood glucose levels to their heart rate to just about everything. But uh, some people can go a little bit far with it, uh, though I do believe it definitely leads uh, to a richer um, existence for sure. So uh, my, I suppose my my takeaway <laughs> message is to try add a, a little bit of quant to everything. So if it's in your marketing for your startup, um, be really quantified and quantifiable in how you're going about ticking those things off. The the things that you try in marketing. So I've tried this for five weeks now. It's it's done. Track the you know analytically track how it's done and then implement it if it's good or not. Else throw it in the bin. Or in your investing like absolutely quantify the hell out of it. Quick start for you. There's a research company called CXO and they tracked the predictions of six and a half thousand investing so-called gurus, uh, six and a half predictions, yeah, 42, 42 gurus, pardon me. And what they found was that uh, their accuracy rate uh, over a 15 year period was 47%. So it was less than a coin toss. And those are the experts trying to make predictions, right? Um, so if you just use a rules-based approach there instead and just do a little bit of research into the effect that that can have on your investing and just adding a few rules about it, even if it's as simple as just investing a set amount into an index fund every every month, uh, it can just have a, a phenomenal effect versus trying to stop it. So yeah, be a little bit quantified and also be a little bit crazy. Move into account for and- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and stay really curious and learn and listen to what people are doing and just keep... a. Uh an open mind uh, how can people get in touch with you Shane and uh, thank you again for uh, joining me today
1: absolutely Chris so uh, yeah check out aikido finance aikido.finance uh, you can contact me uh, there uh, also I'm on LinkedIn Shane at Monks O'Byrne. Uh those are probably the two best places to get in contact and you can reach out through the website I pretty much respond to everybody and happy to have a chat
0: amazing and is there anything you want to give them or gift them today
1: yeah so uh we've got three months free uh, aikido for everybody who's listens to talking with the experts uh so listen closely the code is have three months on us every word is capitalized and there's no spaces have three months on us and every first letter is capitalized with no spaces so oh and the three is a number too so it's a little bit complex. I probably could have made that way simpler, Chris. But uh, there you go. <laughs> have three months. Well, <laughs> I'm
0: sure we'll we'll. Um, I'll get the code and then I'll put it in the comments or um, put it on the show notes. Great. Thank you so much again, Shane, uh, for joining me today. And uh, I hope it didn't take up too much of your time. And yeah, thanks for talking a lot about tiny house living and everything. <laughs> <laughs> take it easy. So good take talking with you, man. Thank you again, Shane, for sharing your expertise on investing and breaking down the barriers to investing. Congratulations ag- again on your successful launch on AppSumo and Product Hunt, And then for passing the baton over to somebody else to scale Akido Finance. If you want to follow Shane's journey, go to thevanconversion.com and I'll see you next week.